Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You're now tuned into a special Halloween edition of Chunky Glass, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Boo. Um, we got a really special podcast for you uh, for a couple reasons. But first of all, I mean, you can read, so, you know, uh, death. We're, we're, we're talking to death uh, today. Uh, seems Halloween appropriate, uh, which I'll sort of explain a little more besides the audience here in a second. Uh, but we're not talking about, like, Bill and Ted death. We're not talking about the death that's coming for us all. We're talking about the proto-punk band from Detroit that basically uh, sort of kick-started back in the day and, and, and sort of invented uh, a major part of, of rock and roll, uh, an art form that we all enjoy. Uh, back then, uh, if you haven't seen the documentary, which is called just called A Band Called Death, it is one of the best music documentaries ever made, in my opinion. But short version is, uh, back in the early 70s, Bobby Hackney, Dennis Hackney, and their brother David Hackney um, were just three uh, brothers working uh, in Detroit, living in Detroit, and uh, making music in Detroit. Now, at that time, there was a hotbed of, of music. You know, you had Motown, obviously, um, but there was also stuff uh, like Bob Seger, there was Ted Nugent, there's there's all these things going on uh, at that time, and uh, stuff wasn't so segregated or divided, at least intellectually speaking, uh, back then, maybe. And uh, so these guys uh, sort of shedded it out up in their room and, and came up with an entirely uh, new sound uh, that we know today as punk rock. And it was lost for years. That's what the that's what the movie is gonna is gonna chronicle for you. It was lost for years until it was found and presented to the world. And people said, "Whoa, what is this crazy ass music? Wait, no, how did this happen? No, all our history is wrong." Um, and now they have ultimate validation I think uh, I sat down with them the weekend they were in town to uh, have their album, their 45 uh, sort of inducted into the National Museum uh, of African American History it has a seat there uh, now they are part of, of not just African American history our history, they're an important part of it and um, so, so it was an honor to sit down with them but uh, back to the back to the Halloween uh, thing. You know, Halloween is known as as this liminal time where, where the the barrier between our world and and some other world are uh, are are at, at its thinnest. And so, you know, you can scare kids by telling them to let through uh, ghosts and goblins and demons and and whatnot. And uh, it's immediately purged the next day at All Hallows Day. And you know, I'm not someone who necessarily uh, believes in all that and what whatnot, but. Uh, sitting down to talk with uh, Bobby uh, Dennis and now Bobby Duncan. Uh, David Hackney passed away some years ago. Um, there's, a, there's a certain light to them uh, that, that you don't see in a lot of people. I don't know if you call it inspiration. I don't know uh, if you call it... I, I don't know what you call it, but just sitting talking to these guys in this room in, in, a, in a lobby in a hotel for about an hour... Uh, was a uh, fairly life-changing experience. It's it's uh, try not to be a cynical person, uh, but we all we all go dark sometimes. But but these guys uh, have seen darkness and uh, remain uh, remain sort of agents of light. If you're into that thing, uh, so so that's that's sort of it might be a little heavy. I might be rambling, but that, that's. That's what I took away from this conversation. It's literally my favorite thing I've done uh, on this podcast. My favorite thing that we've published 
uh, so far to date. Uh, it was it's just fantastic. I don't even know how we got to do this, but we did. Um, uh, so uh, I think I'll just stop rambling and say you guys are in. You guys are in for a real treat. And um, let's just get to it. Here you go. Episode number two hundred and thirty-one of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, uh, where I'm sitting down uh, to talk with Death. Okay. It happens here. And it finishes here. Two men enter. One man leaves. Merely a two-word review. Just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and get an ass That right there is a wonderful sound. Oh man! You know what? I, you know, to be honest with you, I love the new guys on the late night show, but we will never ever see a party like the way no. the, the, the late the night show was with Johnny Carson. Well, it's a di- it's a different it's a different class of entertainer. Exactly, and, and I appreciate Jimmy Fallon, but when I watch NBC now, it's kind of like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Every standard. day of the week, you know, you got him and most of the Saturday Night Live people, and then you got the other guy after Saturday Night Live coming on after him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, nah, it's this uh, is not the same. You had you had Johnny Carson and then David Letterman. Yeah, that yeah. was the best freaking days of, of, yeah, of late sure. night TV. That was that, that was when I that was, that was when best. I was actually became aware of TV. Like yeah, exactly, I, I'm just of the age to like when uh, Saturday Night Live came on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, it was yeah. like watching that at my cousin's place, and I didn't know I didn't understand any of the jokes. I was like six, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still it, the mighty football. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the mighty football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So here, I mean, it was one. This is one dude. Just to show you how what a legacy it is, I was I ran into this dude on the the plane, and he had this great Star Wars shirt. Uh-huh. And I said, "Man, every time I look at your shirt, I think of Bill Murray, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars." And everybody in the section yeah. of the plane related and started laughing. Yeah, you know, it's like and that Star Wars. Well, and even with Star Wars, man, you look at kids seeing that today. The kids oh, who saw man. the prequels. Oh man! They fi- they brought it back with the new one. Like yeah. I, I saw that in the theaters, and I and I honestly I teared up. Yeah, because like my dad took me to yeah. see the original oh, stars, the original and, and it was mind blowing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the time, that was really a mm-hmm. Yeah, I think still maybe. I don't, I don't know if they made as good movies like that. Um, well, well, death. We're sitting here at the the Phoenix Hotel in uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, you guys are here to play a show. Yeah, man. And, uh, not only here to play a show, we're here for a number of things. You are, and, <laughs> and, and I want to get to that. I, uh, you know, you, you got a documentary out. There's an autobiography out. Yeah. Uh, that you guys have written, so people can do the research. Like that's, we don't that's necessarily. Very true. Uh, I had, and I recommended it to a guy that we do this podcast with a lot. He had not seen it, and I said, "Look, man, this is one of the best music documentaries ever made." Oh wow! We thank you, you know, for that. Thank you a lot thank for because of you guys and thank watching you. it again. I mean, it's probably thank like you. the fourth time I've seen it, yeah. and it was uh, something that I think is lacking in a lot of like our culture right now. Is maybe it, it, it's very human. Yeah, like yeah. your family in that in that documentary is just like 
you fall in love with them and you and you feel the pain wow of you guys mr david and then but you also feel it when you come all the way back yeah and you discover this music after after everything uh that happened uh but you're also here because we have the uh african-american history museum opening here in 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 uh, washington dc at the smithsonian and am i correct in thinking you guys are in it Yes, we are. Yeah. They um, they inducted our 45, the 45 that we released in 1976, the original 45. And for those of you who know the story of death, you and if you've seen the movie, there was a gentleman by the name of Robert Manis, and uh, he was a record collector. Yeah. In 1976, when we released these uh, 45s, we only printed up 500 of them. We had them done it by a record presser in Detroit called Archer Records. Mm -hmm. And David uh, was determined to get this record played. And nobody wanted to play it. I mean, even though there was was radio stations called W4, WABX, WRIF, Mm -hmm. they played it sporadically, but only late at night, early in the morning, you know, like... Did they not? There's a lot of in the documentary about about the name of the thing, but did they also not want to play it because of the sound of the? That record? was the whole setback. Was the name yeah. of the band in 1975? For some reason, the name Death was not an accepted name for a rock and roll band, <laughs> and uh, we caught a lot of opposition for that name. Yeah. And uh, David, thanks to him, I mean David was determined, and he distributed those things all over Detroit as much as he could. And who would have known that it would end up in the hands of record collectors 40 years later? Right. And the, the, the young man named Robert Manis, who brought this, who brought this record yeah. for $1,000 on eBay, <laughs> contributed it to the African American Museum. And he called us up and said, I'm going to contribute this to the, wow. to the museum. And that record right now is uh, enshrined in the African-American Museum. And uh, I was here last week for a special preview, and I saw so it. So you guys have seen the, it. I saw it, and uh, it just, it's, words can't even describe. Words can't well, even describe. Because, because even around that time and stuff, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, this week we've had, like, the Charlotte riots going on, and we, we're celebrating this, what's happening right now. Uh, but it's very clear that it, I don't. It might have even gotten worse, right? Uh, and, and I don't know. So to that point, th- I mean, this you guys being in here, especially, is is kind of huge. Uh, how how can we take what we're doing with this museum and like maybe try to fix this, or maybe in your music? Well, or- you know, one thing, and I'm going to say this a little bit, and then I'll I'll turn the, to the mic over to the other guys. Yeah. But you know, we grew up in Detroit. Yeah. The one amazing, incredible thing about Detroit, um, besides the automobile uh, factories, Mm -hmm. was that there was this wonderful melting pot of music. Mm -hmm. We had Motown, we had Bob Seger, we had Ted Nugent, the Amboy Dukes, we had Grand Funk Railroad, we had the the Who, who moved to Detroit and set up a residency there, and they were playing around. And convinced you guys to sort of change directions. Yes. Alice Cooper yeah. came from Phoenix. <laughs> Annoyingly. And so, Annoyingly, yeah. you know, we grew up, it, it, it's, un, it's very unfortunate that a young child, you know, there's a, there's a saying 
in um, an Earth, Wind, and Fire song that says, A child is born with a heart of gold. Yeah. And the ways of the world makes his heart grow to stone. Uh, we grew up with this heart of gold, thinking that everybody loves music. And we, we used to see Bob Seger at the Detroit Auto Show. Yeah. You know, in the early 60s. And he would be playing with Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes and the Rationals. And then we would see George Clinton. And we thought that it was just a melting pot and everybody loved everybody. Yeah. And then you grew up and you found out these realities. These yeah, separation you, you go down realities. South and yeah. it's, not, it's not like and, that. And, and exactly. And so that's the one tribute that we have to Detroit. And I think that's the one thing that we hold in our heart is that melting pot of music from mm -hmm. Detroit. Just like Barry Gordy, who just got the, the um, medal from the president. Yeah. And Barry right. Gordy said, we didn't try to make music for blacks or whites. or in right. We made music for young America. So, and so, that is everyone. So what's gotten lost, in, do you think, over the years? Because like there, there's definitely albums recently that are, quote unquote, black albums. You have like Kendrick Lamar, you have D'Angelo's album. that are very speaking to like black culture, but they're also that they're the melting pot they're like everybody can relate to these things and everybody should especially like those two or even beyonce's album right her thing because they're teaching you important lessons about being just a human being right yeah and but it doesn't it seems well, like it seems like we're on an island guys and it's i'm thinking i'm thinking that like basically like they have the right idea yeah. but they're missing the universal appeal of what they can do with the strength and the position that they have in the music industry. Yeah. That Barry Gordy, he, 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 and everybody in the 60s, you know what I'm saying, from the Loving Spoonful, everybody, you know what I'm saying? I, I remember people holding hands behind songs of Curtis Mayfield, uh -huh. or people that couldn't even stand each other, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, you know, you know people get ready, there's a chain of comment, you know, right. and, and those type of things, you know, people, we, we, we these guys that I work with, you know what I'm saying, from the time that they did the first album for the whole world to see and everything, you can, uh, the way I see it, it's like they're talking to the world. It's not just black or white, you know, it's a world problem. Yeah. It's all, you know, let's recognize the situation and call it what it is and stop trying to play all these little games and these semantics and all this right, crap. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? You feel what I'm yeah. saying, man? You know, all this little, all this little crap. You think I'm saying it's everybody, you know, we all bleed red. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, somehow in the mix, you know, saying musically not and everything, it's like, you know, the genres got like really mixed up. Back in our day, uh -huh. we used to have AM radio. Oh, right? yeah. You know, I'm from Harlem. These guys from Detroit, we grew up sort of like the same. Yeah. We had AM radio and like, wherever the hit record was, they played it on the station. It wasn't like, you know, dude, so they played the Beatles and Motown and James Brown, you know yes. what I'm saying? Love and Spoof, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it wasn't, yes. it, it, the, the, the KGs, it, it didn't make a difference. You know what I'm saying? It was, if it was a hit record to play, and everybody was grooving to the same beat. Yeah. And that's what Barry Gordy and everything, and the Beatles as well and everything, I feel as though they, like, they honed in on that. Like everybody, you know, all we need is love. Yeah. We're speaking what we really need. Yeah. But the separation right now, I think that uh, um, I, was telling, I was talking to some younger people before and everything, like you really don't know where you're going until you know where you've been. You know, and a lot of young people and everything now uh, try to just kind of like invent things or reinvent things but you can't reinvent what's already been invented just follow the track you know yeah. what I'm saying just follow the follow the course to, you know? to, I mean to that point yeah, and, I, and I, I do want to circle back to this because uh, mm -hmm. because my uh, my prominent years were the 80s and it was in the south and musically it was very different what we heard on the radio uh, for I mean you there was literally a black station 
and you heard Prince on the pop radio, but that wasn't until 1986. Exactly. And and people were like, "Well, he's not really black." It's like, no, what are you even? What are you even saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But what are you like? What are you? Why are you discriminating like that? But um, to to the point of of the, doing the stuff, I guess that works. What you were talking about and listening to your last album, uh, N.E.W. New. Uh, this spirit that you and your brothers had, just from the first song, is is right up in there. Oh man, we thank oh, you for that. And, and it, we and, really appreciate and, that. And I know all the all the components, you know, because mm-hmm. you were singing on them, and that's cool. Yeah. Like so that you're gonna have that familiarity. You're playing drum. I mean, the, all the parts are there. You're playing guitar. Mm-hmm. It's easily it's easily emulated. I'm a guitar player, so I know. Okay. And but the feeling is there and I mean is that something you guys thought about when you were doing it or <laughs> well, no, no. actually those guys just write songs and, and about what they feel is going on mm-hmm. and I wanted to go back on what you said about it's almost like all of us being on an island Yeah, and that's because the powers that be will not deal with the heart of the matter yes Okay. I, I 100% agree okay. with that. They won't deal with the heart of the matter. And when I say the heart of the matter, I'm talking about the spiritual aspects of the matter. The faith that everybody, I don't care who you are, have in your heart. Yes. Okay, because everybody commonly believes in the good. Everybody commonly believes in the fair and commonly believes in the just. Yeah. But we don't have that because it's not extenuated through our leadership. Yeah, no, no. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and, and that's and, and, why and you get that. And it gets harder to, be, to believe that. Like, yeah, that's why you get that, I'm a, I, I think I'm on an island feeling. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody else around is thinking and feeling the way you are. But, but on that island, we have people like you, people like all the people that are going to be playing like tomorrow. Yes. Who, who, are, who are, let's be clear. Yes. Who are conscious of, of the situation? You know, yeah. the, you know. The, I know it was like the big thing is like, what do you mean? Like, punk was invented in Detroit by three black men, and like that wipes that wipes out an entire history that people had. And well, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. The wonderful thing about it is, and the wonderful thing about it is, is that we were just three young kids exactly. in Detroit in '75. If you'd have called somebody a punk. Yeah. In black 1975, thing. you would have got one of two things, a black eye or a bloody nose. <laughs> yeah. The word <laughs> punk hadn't even it been heard of. did not exist. Yeah. Not even and it was only music. a derogatory term. Yeah. And we just wanted to be like Alice Cooper. We wanted to be like The Who. We wanted right. to be like Grand Funk. We wanted to be... They were, they were the ones who we were trying to emulate and who we looked up to. I mean, when we heard Ted Nugent's Journey to the Center of the Mind, that blew our minds, yeah. man. We wanted to play that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's really, it was just three kids, man, just having fun with rock and roll. Yeah. That, we be, had no idea that we were laying down the groundwork for a new type of music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's a good thing nobody told us well, that. that that's, how, that's, how, that's how this stuff happens. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah. you hear something or react to something, and, and you're in a band, and you're playing with somebody, and you're like, man, I have not done that before. I haven't heard that before. And like, the secret is that feels good. 
Yeah. And then you keep doing right. it, man. You keep doing it. It's exactly. God's gift, you know what I'm saying? That's what it was. Talent is, is God's gift in the first yeah. place, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and he can give something to you and everything unknowingly, you know what I'm saying? He's drawing that picture, and you're the pencil. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? That's what these guys are like, you know what I'm saying? And he just like, you know, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this is what you're doing, you know? And now they're getting the recognition for it, and you know, that's, that's a blessing. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's it's going to be interesting tomorrow, like these ceremonies and stuff. It's, it's, I don't understand, and again, back to where I grew up, how people, un- they just don't understand how important this culture is yes. to everything we yes. are. Yes. You know, and you can take all the bad stuff, you can take all the appropriation that takes place, you can do all of that, and it doesn't erase the importance of this. Mm-hmm. And, why, and when people find it, and now they have a place to go to find it, all of a sudden it's like, it's mind-blowing. Like their mm-hmm. eyes are open and they're like, wait a minute. It doesn't matter. It <laughs> like, doesn't matter. <laughs> none of this matters. Matter. So with matter. you know, with you guys' music and obviously I mean there, look, there's a spiritual component to you guys' music. Oh yeah. And, and a spiritual component I mean, until sitting with you guys, you guys well, definitely You know, and, and that was deliberate, especially on our brother David's part. Yeah. That was deliberate. And uh, you know, David just knew certain things about, you know, where this thing would go and where the music would go um, and uh, you know we that's why we pay such homage and such tribute to right. him um, well he, he said he doing. said he said this music won't be heard until after I'm gone right after he's gone and, 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 and here you are in the Smithsonian oh my god like yeah, like like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so, the, you can validate everything you want. Look, the dollars are fine, and that's good and stuff. But here you are for like na- next hundred years, and this is here. Years, that's right, for generations to see. For generations and, to see, and um, can't be denied. It's very emotional for us. It was very emotional yeah. for me to see that, yes. just to see that record in, in, in cl- enclosed in that ga- in that glass casing. Yeah, was yeah, very very emotional for me because, and I thought about David. I mean, every step of the way, we've been we've been thinking about David. We can't help but to right, and to see that is, uh, yeah, it's truly amazing, truly wonderful. Man, he would there would be nobody more proud than David. I yeah, I mean, I don't think there would be nobody more proud of that. And it's a true affirmation to me yeah. that Dave was kind of more than a brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of people say, you know. <laughs> How do you tell a person is a prophet if he calls himself a prophet? Well, everything he says comes true. <laughs> yeah. That's what they so I have to look at Dave as more than a brother because, I mean, you know, in my situation, I mean, he thought it was so important until I got married uh, September the 3rd and the year was 2000. And the last thing David did was bring his camera from Detroit mm-hmm. to film my wedding. My wedding video was made by David. Yeah. And you see that in the movie. Yeah, you do see that in the movie. All the time he's making the video. Tests, by the way. Oh. Okay, and I'm preparing to get married, yeah. you know, and I'm going through my situations. And David is telling me stuff like, you know, he's just, you know, little whispers like, this is, this is it. Right. You're not going to see me no more. Right. But when I'm gone, you guys will be happy. Then the music will go all over the world. Mm-hmm. Then the music will be yeah. uh, looked at by other people 
who even rejected the music but now can love the music. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's such a precarious thing until, you know, I just think about some of the things he's saying. I just, you know, it tears you up. Yeah. It yeah, tears yeah. you up because you have to say, man, all this time I was looking at David like, well, he's just one of my older brothers. Right, and, right, right. And I mean, how long know, has he been gone? Since 2001. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's a funny thing to live through. Yeah. You know, especially when he tells you this, and he's alive when he's telling you this. Yeah. But now that he's gone, everything that he said makes it seem like he's still alive. Yeah. And I have to believe that because... Is that what keeps you guys going? Beyond just the love of the music? Well, um, we, we keep going... Part of the love of the music, but yeah, David David has, has been a real... I mean, he's the real catalyst, kind of that... Um, yeah. You know, our spiritual connection, um, something that we hold on to, to and it increases our faith and it increases our um, resolve, you know, because David just said, he would always just say, man, it's just rock and roll. Yeah. That's what rock and roll is all about. And he would say, like, the way Jimi Hendrix, the way Janis Joplin, he would reference uh, Jim Morrison. He said, you know, he says, too bad we couldn't call ourselves the Doors, because he would always say that death is the door. When we asked yeah. him, why would you want to call our band death? Yeah. And he said, death is the door, but we can't use the right. Doors, because Doors is already taken. He says, but hey, Jim Morrison, man, break on through to the other side. What is he talking about? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and um, I, so, I like the quote in the movie where you're talking about, uh, you know, you talk about the name when you guys sort of came to peace with the name. Yeah. And But talking about, like, birth... It's just a thing that happened. Death is a thing that happens. Yes, uh, yes. Which is, I mean, that's two of the truest statements you could ever make. That is, that is. And, and we're, we're thankful to him for sticking to his guns, man, because yeah. um, it really influenced us to, to, to stick to, to those guns. Yeah, and it's because it, it, it's almost like once know. he realized that, he was able to like spread that to you guys, realize, well, yeah. again, it gets back to you right. really do whatever you want. It's just right. rock and roll. It's just, it's right. music. It's like right. everything. We all are together in this, and and it's all it's almost your duty to do that. Yeah. Right. If not, you're what are you doing? You're doing exactly. it wrong. Right. You know what are you doing with your life? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know. And look, I, you know, life's hard. Yeah. There's some hard yeah. stuff, and oh, then yeah. there's some people. Yeah. You know, we're sitting in a nice hotel. Yeah. And there's people like up the street. Living in a temp, a that's tent right. Camp. That's right. It's and always a challenge. Life is always a yeah. challenge. No matter, no matter what level you are. Yeah. You know, and and David's always believed that. He said, you know, it doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor. You always got to face that challenge of life. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, he just believed, man, that you know, good music, and you know, just uh, spiritual belief. Uh, and the resolve of making good music and bringing it to the world. That's the reason why we named the album for the whole world. He named yeah. the album for the whole world to yeah. see. He said, when this album comes out, it's going to be for the whole world to see. And interesting enough, since this album has come out, we have been literally in many places in the world that we never thought. Yeah. I mean, when we leave here, we're going to go home for two days, and then we're off 
saw to that. Athens. I saw that. To, to, to and we're not to, talking Georgia. To, yeah, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Barcelona, yeah, yeah. to Berlin. Yep. And this London is that, again, that for the whole world to see again, tour. Germany. I mean, death is always on tour, and it's for the whole yeah. world to see. Yeah. Um, I, I think another side of you guys' story that's awesome uh, that really – uh, made me actually feel pretty good when I was watching it. Is this is sort of expanded now to to a second generation of Hackneys? Yes. Uh, yes. You guys have our sons, Rough Francis, yes. man. They'll be here tomorrow yes, night at will. the Black Cat. Yes, they will. They're on their way here now, and um, oh, it's going to be such a family affair. We we urge everybody just to be there tomorrow night. Yeah. You're going to see something really, really special. It's, it's, but when they, I mean, there is the moment in the movie where they find out about YouTube. Yes. And their uncle. Yes. Which is, which is yes. hilarious. Yes. But I mean, were they really, because you guys were playing in Lamb's Bread, they knew about all that. And, right. And it's hard to believe that like, like David still wasn't influencing your work in there, even though it was different. He was really, I mean, because we used to, you know, even though we had, um, we thought we had moved on from death, mm -hmm. I mean, we were still a family. Yeah. So once or twice a year, we would always get together. And David <laughs> would always. Death jams? Exactly. Yeah. We would always go to the studio. We would always gravitate to the studio. And um, we would always work on some kind of music. Yeah. So it was always really kind of like a, it was never a thing to where we were always a family. Right up to the very end, and um, yeah, he that that kind of just influenced us to continue to to just to continue to keep the lamp burning, man. Yeah. And David always told us he thought that because we were having kind of like regional success with Lamp's Bread, that it would be that that would be the catalyst that Lamp? would bring the death music out. Yeah, I mean, he had no idea that it was the other way around. Right, you know, the death would be discovered. And would overshadow practically everything in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Do it now. yeah. So, like the first time you saw your kids up on stage playing like your old songs. Yeah. Did oh, you? Man. I mean, uh, how were you able to be in public? I can't even like. I was today for you guys. Yeah. You can't. You know, you. There's a lot of emotions was, uh, connected with that. Yeah. Because a lot of kids would just be like, "Whatever, Dad I is making them it. bad." Music. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I just yeah. really, really couldn't believe it. And. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was funny too because when I went out, as you see in the movie, when we went out and saw that, that was the first time that we had heard "Keep On Knocking" played in about thirty years. Right. So right. we're like already we're kind of being surreal because all these record collectors and the New York Times and people are calling us <laughs> up from all over yeah. the world, saying, "What's the deal with this?" And then now here our sons are playing "Keep On Knocking" right in front of us. And we haven't even played it. That's in what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> How many shows did Death actually play out? Huh? How many shows did Death play out? Well, you know, we tried. David tried to book us at some cabaret clubs in yeah. Detroit. And, you know, these are like auto workers, man. They want to hear yeah. the blues. They yes. want to hear Rita yes. Franklin. They want to hear B.B. King and Albert King. And, <laughs> and here we are up there playing Jumping Jack Flash and Keep On Knocking. <laughs> I'm a man. Yeah. You could, literally, you could literally hear a pin drop yeah, sure. yeah, after every song. Big old like the, rock and roll record stretch. Boom! <laughs> and you just hear a pin drop. Like Dennis said, you could hear a pin drop. And it was just like, it was, it, it was just, uh, it was something else. And then David said, well, look, we just got to keep working on our music. We have to go into the studio, keep writing songs, yeah. keep developing. 
and uh, he was just determined, man, not to to um, to let anything deter us from making good rock and roll. Music. Yeah. So if uh, I know you guys got some stuff to do tonight, um, if you guys are just gonna keep doing this, right? Oh yeah, as long as we yeah. Possibly. And then, I, like that's inspirational as shit because like you got you were making fun of me for being forty four for being young, and I can't imagine getting. I've played out. I can't imagine getting out and playing out right now. Maybe that will change when I get your. That'll change. Well, you yeah. know what we always tell. Like a lot of times, people uh, come to us like you know after the show and they ask us about our music and what we do. And we yeah. just all tell them. We tell them no matter what age you are, just just keep playing. Continue. Playing. Don't put your instrument down. No, like, no, you no. might you might be working out on Wall Street, Keep whatever. Playing. You might be working in the Capitol Building, whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? But if you play an instrument, go home and. Give an hour or two to A it. lot of people. I, I give about 15 minutes. Well, yeah. just keep and doing then, it. Yeah. Just keep, keep doing it. it. You know what I'm saying? Just keep yeah. doing it. You know what I'm saying? And just keep trying to, to, to move up to another level. You know, even yeah. if you don't play on a professional level, you know what I'm saying? It's something that comes from your heart. That you, nobody can take that from you. Well, not, and not only you know that, like picking up an instrument, and I have, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and they say the exact same things you yeah. just said. Yeah. Picking up an instrument is a very different way of expressing yourself yeah. right and it breaks through every single language barrier it breaks through every single right. any barrier right because if you hit that one note on the bass or you hit that fill or you hit mm -hmm. that chord on a guitar mm -hmm. that just sings to someone that just brings you've, a you've, to the cha like you've changed their life for it only, even five it, seconds the wonderful thing about music sure. is it sings without and it sings within yes right. it sings without to those yep. who hear it and it sings within to you the musician who's making it, yeah, and 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 what it does for you inside, which is one of the reasons why you should never give up playing music because what it does for you inside, yeah, you know, I mean, who needs all this 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 junk on TV that that they tell you that's going to make you feel good with a million and one disclaimers, I know it, I know it. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, pick up a guitar, pick up a guitar and play music, man. Yeah. Play your piano, play yeah. your drums, yeah. play it because that's the, the you know. Bob Marley said it best. One good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. Yeah. And we, being older guys, can relate to that. We feel no, no pain, pain when we're playing. We're playing. Yeah, right. you can see that too. Yeah. You can definitely and, see and that. And the thing about it, like when we first started, you know, when we first came back out, you know what I'm saying, doing the death stuff, you know, folks would come to us and say, like, so like, uh, what was it like and everything, just jumping up and everything and doing the, you know, the, the whole album again and doing all this stuff. And we look at it like, well, it's not like, we, you know, we just were playing anyway. You know, we, yeah. we, it's not like we were like, oh, had to dust off our instruments and like, oh, let me see if I still know how to do this. No, right, right, it was right. nothing like that. We've we always continued to play all our yeah. lives. It's never, all we long. never sat them down. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were lamb spread. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, before, uh, before I even knew, I was playing when we came together. I mean, you know, it's a whole yeah. big it's <laughs> a whole conversation that you guys are It's a whole other conversation, yeah. Right. Sometimes we sit down and look at each other like, you know, it's like I said before. My, my family moved up to Vermont, like, you know, about 30 years ago, and I would go and visit my sister and my mom. So I'm never moving up here, you know? Yeah. But some things happened, and I moved up there, and then we came together, you know? It's, it's, it's a reason. It's a and reason. if David was alive today, I don't know exactly, I don't know what else he would be doing, but there's one un thing unequivocally I know he would be doing, yeah. and that's playing music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Thank you guys so much for sitting down. Oh, and, uh, thank you. Thank you're you. very I, welcome. I, I, forward I can, uh, to the African American History yeah. Museum. I am, I am so looking we forward to that. We are honored to be here in this town. We're honored to be. If we had just a guitar pick yeah. in that building, <laughs> it would be still enough. And to be honored the way that they've honored us. Yeah. 
is uh, overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Appreciative. That's giant. We thank we we thank everyone, and we just honor David all the way along. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank all right. I cannot thank uh, Bobby, Dennis, and Bobby uh, enough for the time uh, that they uh, that they took to sit down with 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 me and with us, and it was uh, fantastic. Uh, they are they are amazing. I, I went to see them at the Black Cat the next night, and uh, and you know all of that positivity, all of that light comes out in the music, uh, even if it's loud as hell, uh, and. They're just a fantastic band. Yeah, now you know, thirty, forty years later, they they remain, um, just the best. They're the best. So, um, if this is your first time hearing about them, please seek out the documentary. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, seek out their albums. They have new albums coming out. They uh, they are doing at the show. They uh, debuted a song to protest gun violence. They're they're doing what we often talk about on this podcast. What people maybe should be doing using their voice to talk about how to make the world a better place. And, uh, and, but they're not, they're just doing it sort of one, one song at a time and one show at a time. And they're, uh, yeah, they're amazing. Um, also amazing is that you heard us mention in here and, uh, and Bobby got, uh, pretty, pretty excited about the, their, their, their spawn, their children are, are in a band uh, called rough Francis and they opened the show and they, they were, amazing this is a multi-generational now uh family affair of music um just straight up kicking ass so i thought uh, at the end of this what we would do is maybe play a track uh of those of rough francis for you so uh here you go this is rough francis off their uh off their album that came out i think it's in 2010 uh called introducing rough francis this is uh this is waiting
Rough Francis waiting uh, off their 2010 album, introducing Rough Francis. Uh, they're out on the road a lot, I think, recently, and uh, I hope they come back to D.C. I talked to uh, Bobby Jr., who uh, fronts that band, and uh, talked to him briefly. We didn't. We wanted what we. This is what we wanted to do. This would have been rad. Uh, we wanted to talk to the elder Hackneys and then talk to the younger uh, generation and uh, put them all together in one podcast or at least one week. We didn't have time to do that this time, but hopefully they'll be back through sometime um, and we'll, we'll get the chance to sit down with them because I think uh, this is not just a, you know, the the story of death is not just an amazing story about uh, overcoming a lot of stuff, uh, how luck works, uh, how stuff is discovered, um, but it's also a, a story of how uh, families sort of, you instill all this in your families and and then you see the results. So in this case, it was music, and it was, it was just you know trying to be decent, um, and, uh, and and it shows. And so they all of them uh, should be proud of uh, of the lives they're living. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's our podcast for this week. If you uh, if you liked what you just heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud. Uh, this will be up on SoundCloud, but only uh, uh, until the next two podcasts come out. Uh, you can leave us a review. You can email me if you, if you want to know more about this and you just aren't don't like leaving comments like on the site or anything. Just email me and I'll get you like try to answer whatever questions you have. Uh, and you can also like leave us a nice review on iTunes if you if you want. So um, we will be back later on this week with another interview. Uh, this this time with the amazing uh, Skylar Goodhaz. Got her to stop by uh, when she was in town last time. If you haven't heard her album, Oleander, you're missing out. Uh, but that's going to be on Thursday for, for this right now. Uh, we are out. So thank you for listening. Thank you again to Death uh, for taking the time. Uh, do yourself a favor. Get out and see some live music. And, uh, you know, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!